right, welcome in on another episode of the Outside of the Lines podcast. Today we have a very special episode for you. Going to break down a little bit of the Big 12 championship game as well as give you guys a preview of the Cheez-It Bowl, the legendary Cheez-It Bowl versus Clemson. And of course, we're going to talk about your 8-0 undefeated Iowa State Cyclone basketball team so big show for you guys today and we will have twitter moments at the end but as always we are brought to you by bnc Fieldhouse. has the best drink deals on welch avenue best place to watch the big game and a great place to uh to grab a bite to eat so head on over to bnc Fieldhouse, especially if you are looking for a place to go for the iowa state game this thursday if you're not going to hilton coliseum you better be making your way to bnc Fieldhouse. head on over there support our boy ben Thank you, BNC. We love you guys. And without further ado, what do we want to talk about first? I mean, this is like one of our weird episodes where we're not coming off of an Iowa State football game, which is usually what we lead off of. We are, you know, I mean, the Big 12 championship happened. Do you want to talk about that? Because that, I mean, nah. Baylor. Yeah, Baylor. <laughs> I mean, what a tough way to lose. I, I feel bad for Oklahoma State, man. They uh yeah, I know that they have a little bit more uh, program success than us, but I feel like they um they get really close, but not quite enough um every time, and and oh, I yeah. think that they might have had a shot to sneak into the CFP if they would have handled Baylor a little bit better. Um, or well, seeing how whatever. it shook out, I think they possibly could have gotten to the. Well, I, I guess Alabama would have had to have probably lost, but if Alabama loses that game, I think they sneak in there, don't they? Yeah, I, I think if Bama loses, they for sure would have snuck in. If Bama kind of kicking Georgia's ass made it weird, which I don't think that Georgia even needs to like be in it. I, I don't know. I think it's really dumb that the SEC like every year gets two conferences just because of like their name, and it's uh, like especially when those teams just played. Like I don't know, it's annoying, but. Yeah, um, and I think if Oklahoma State maybe had, you know, they would have had to make it like a statement win over Baylor, but I think that they were easily going to be in the discussion. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, honestly, I, yeah, and as much as I hate seeing two SEC teams in the college football playoffs again, honestly, they're, it's, it's proven to kind of be the right move. I Without looking at the statistics, I just know that, I mean, Alabama has won the national championship as, as what, like third or fourth seed a couple different times. I mean, it sucks, but whenever there's Alabama, one loss Alabama team, they're always going to get in. Like everyone knows that. So it, it was one of those things with Oklahoma State that a couple things would have to go in the right direction. But, hey, the first thing is, is winning the game. And I will say this is the year of the backup quarterback. I mean, Blake Shapin – who was the number one shortstop in in uh, in his state in high school, which I heard probably, I don't know, eight separate times. He, he played pretty damn well. And, I mean, we've talked about this multiple times throughout the year. It's harder to scheme for a backup quarterback when you just – first of all, you don't know what you're going to get because they're two kind of different style of plays with uh, uh, a Jerry Bohannon – Gary Bohannon and uh, – in, in Blake shape. And, but I mean, Blake played kind of like Zach Wilson. Like he, he's got a very fun um, play style to him. You can tell he's a baseball player just by the way he throws the ball. It's got a very natural um, throwing motion. And I mean, he's got, he's kind of got some moxie to him. I hate to compliment anyone associated with Baylor just because we know our feelings with that, you know, university and everything, but 
they truly deserved to win as much as I hate to say that. And they honestly surpassed everyone's expectations at the beginning of the year. I think they were preseason number seven in the big 12, which I mean, even I could have said, I don't know. Baylor's usually got a pretty tough defense up their sleeves, but I mean, credit to them as much as we don't really like them. Um, they earned it. And I, I hate admitting that, but they played a hell of a game and they had a, a great year. So damn it. Congrats Baylor. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Oklahoma state just didn't show up till the second half and it was too big of a hole for them to, to climb out of. And, and that's what it ended up being, but yeah, I mean, this Baylor team obviously exceeded everyone's expectations this year. We didn't, you know, you kind of touch on it. We thought that they'd probably have a pretty decent defense, but their offense was probably going to struggle. Hello, Ralph. And um, <laughs> so with that, like it, it is really impressive. I, I think if a big 12 coach of the year was a, a week later, then, um, you know, Armando would, would have gotten it over Gundy at this point, but it's not. And that's how the awards go sometimes. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what the game was, and obviously um, Oklahoma's or Okie State wasn't able to to sneak into the the college football playoff. We have future Big Twelve member Cincinnati representing us, so we'll be rooting for the Bearcats um, and basically anyone not SEC, basically. And then mm-hmm. we also had Michigan just kick the shit out of Iowa, and that was fantastic. That was nice. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm happy Michigan did that. It was great. Um, I feel like a lot of people are rooting for Jim Harbaugh in this in this college football playoff. I kind of I'm I'm usually anti Big Ten, but they are one of those teams. Where I'm like ah, I wouldn't mind seeing Harbaugh get a win there. Yeah, I'm usually anti Big Ten too, but I think like Ohio State has just gotten so much run over the years that it's like turned into almost like this underdog story where you're rooting for, I believe the program that has the most wins in college football history, like and they're an underdog, like, you know, like they, they kind of had that going like, you know, heading into Ohio state, Michigan this year is like, I think Ohio state's probably just going to kick their shit in. Cause Jim Harbaugh, it's the, you know, like, I'm not going to pick this team to be Ohio state when Jim Harbaugh had never done it as a coach. Like it, it mm-hmm. was that, that mentality, but it was, it was cool to see them overcome that. And then obviously uh, keep the foot on the gas and, and, you know, take Iowa to the woodshed hey. and, and now they're, should we clap it up for Iowa though for making it to the Big Ten championship? Yeah, hey, good job, guys. Congrats, Beat Illinois, guys. Beat uh, Illinois, Minnesota, Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Very good team, saw, Nebraska. Oh, yep, very good team in Nebraska. I actually did see something that was pretty crazy. I don't have the exact numbers here, but it was um, you know, in all of Iowa's losses, they've lost by like sixty-nine points. I'm just throwing that number out there because I think it's close. And then Nebraska and all of their losses, they've lost by like a total of 50 something. So it, it just goes to show, I mean, you know, it's all about the W and the L at the very end of the day. It doesn't matter how badly you win or how badly you lose. At the end of the day, a win is a win and a loss is a loss. So I don't know. Um, kind of going back to Baylor. One thing that kind of surfaced with me this weekend is Baylor is going to start attracting all of those Texas recruits. And there's a ton of talent out of Texas, as we know. And with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, you know, these recruits that are wanting to play in the Big 12, because people want to play in the Big 12, especially offensive players, you know, 
a lot of them are going to go to Baylor. Sure, some will go to Houston. I think Dana's a really fun guy. I would love to play for Dana, but I think for the majority of people, they're probably going to choose Baylor if they're if they're wanting to stay home in Texas and also want to be in the Big 12. And that's kind of a sad reality that I had to accept this weekend that Baylor might be sticking around for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and obviously their coach sticking around during this hiring cycle is big. Um, he was thrown around in the rumor mill for a lot of the big jobs too. I think he was pretty closely linked to like LSU. So, mm-hmm. um, but he's, he's staying home. So that that's definitely going to help them continue to, you know, build up their program and, and probably have on, on field success. I mean, obviously TCU is going to be going through a, a rebuild and identity, you know, type figuring it out post Gary Patterson. Um, mm-hmm. So and then, I mean, Texas Tech is like West Texas, so I don't know who the hell wants to live in Lubbock. No offense to nope. Lubbock, but kind of. But, like, I mean, we went to Ames, so, like, they say the same <laughs> thing about that. And I'm like, well, I was just going to say, and, and I'll fight I would say it's kind of like the Lubbock of, of Iowa, but just not near as many major programs or major universities in Iowa. But Lubbock is, like, out there, out there. It is, like, not near anything and i'm not saying that ames is near anything but it, it does have des moines which is somewhat conveniently close and des moines of 45 minutes or north of the jv chicago is what i call it so you got JV something chicago. um before we move on to some basketball breakdowns i do want to talk a little bit about our preview for the cheese it bowl actually oh, no can i start this one I, let, let me pass this off to you yeah so in case you guys aren't aware new is a big cheese it guy he loves his snacks. Um, and I don't know, just what do you want to talk about this bowl? So I was thinking about this and what if I would have like told you at the start of the year that we would be playing Clemson in a bowl game? Wouldn't you be kind of ex- You'd be really fucking excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I don't really care that much. <laughs> You know, like, see, I disagree. Those those are the worst thing. Like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, "Man, if you would have told my dumbass at the start of the season that we were going to be playing Clemson in our bowl game, I would have been like, "Holy shit! Did did we make the CFP? Like, did we actually do that?" (laughs) Okay, that's where you're going with it. It's like, no, we're in the probably the best bowl game name, but like, you know, she's an elite, just an elite sponsorship there. So, oh, absolutely. It, yeah. it might be the best subpar bowl out there, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What is that. what is crazy though is um, you know, both of these teams, Clemson and Iowa State, much more Clemson than Iowa State, but both had some form of college football playoff hopes. Um, and now with Clemson, I mean, you just saw how much they just put a beating on Wake Forest, like. Clemson is still a little bit right. of Clemson. They're, they're not fully what they have been the past five years, of course, but like DJ Ukulele is a star and he's very good. And if you're not seeing that, then I just don't know if you're watching many Clemson games, you're probably just too focused on the fact that they're, you know, that they have substantially more losses this year than last year, but Dabo Swinney is still a very good coach. Like it's, it's going to be a really tough test. And this was one of those games where I was hoping it would be Clemson and Iowa State and cheese at bowl even though this was probably the most likely bowl we could have gone to, to get our ass completely kicked kind of similar to the camping world bowl with Notre Dame. If I'm being completely honest, like I didn't feel that great going into that bowl game. 
I feel probably even worse about this. Like I think Clemson has the capability of being very good. And I'm also talking in the context that I don't think Brees Hall is going to play. I'm also talking in the context that I don't think Charlie Kolar is going to play. And, and I mean, possibly even Mike Rose too. And we've seen how much our defense takes a step back when Mike Rose isn't on the field. So I am talking about the game with the assumption that we're not going to have a few of our big stars and Clemson, to my knowledge, I'm sure they'll have a couple people probably sitting out, but I think that like this isn't a huge draft class for them. So the majority of their players are going to be playing in this game, I would imagine at least. And if that's the case, I mean, even with the full strength Iowa State team against a full strength Clemson team, maybe one out of 10 times we can pull it out. I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm a little too down on it, but I'm really nervous for the game. I'm super pumped for the challenge because you are playing, you know, a team that was in the college football playoffs last year and still a damn good team because that shows that there's some level of respect that they're showing to Iowa State if they're having us play Clemson. And I do appreciate that, albeit, man, we might get our ass kicked. Yeah, I um, I don't feel terribly optimistic about it because I do think we're going to have some players sit out, um, you know, and we'll obviously get more news on that as we go. Um, but it, it, it's a really interesting dynamic because Clemson and, like, Campbell and, and Dabo have – sort of a relationship and Larry Dabo sent coaches to learn from like Iowa state and like study our defense and things like that. And Clemson has implemented that defense too, though Brett Vendables just took the job at Oklahoma, who is the Clemson defensive coordinator, um, you know, changes that a little bit, but it it is interesting where these two have like had sort of a off season relationship and respect for building programs because, you know, Clemson wasn't really much before, Dabo either um Mm -mm. and has really you know sparked that program to where it's at and that's kind of what Campbell has done and I think they have like a mutual respect for for you know kind of building up these programs and stuff so with that um do you want to play guess the line I haven't checked the line wait is the line already out this far oh yeah oh yeah okay all right um Clemson will be favored by Ten and a half. What? Yeah. You want to try that one again? You think? I have. I'm sticking. Well, obviously, it's not that. Let me just boost it down <laughs> to like six point five. They got to um, be favored by a touchdown. They've got to be favored by a touchdown. It opened. We opened as a one point favorite. What? And now Clemson is a one point favorite. So okay. it's pretty, pretty close to a pick them, but. Honestly, eh, well, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to bet against my clones in the bowl game. But if if you're um, listening to this and you're not an Iowa State fan, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, maybe pick Clemson on that. <laughs> because the more information that comes out on it, I would imagine it would be Iowa State will have more opt-outs from the bowl game than Clemson would. And if that's the case, then it's just going to c- continue to teeter in favor of Clemson's direction. I don't know. Maybe take that line now while you can. Yeah, I would agree. I, I, um, you know, I think if we had a, a full strength program, I would, I would like our chances for the most part. I've also been so far off on so many of our bowl games. Like I thought when we played Notre Dame in the camping world bowl a couple of years ago, that we were going to slaughter them. And then we just got spanked. Mm-hmm. And so I can never really figure out how this team does with bowl games and having like that much time to prepare. It, it's, I don't know. It's the same thing when we talked about, like, I don't, really feel like they are 
really good coming out of bye weeks either. I think they're like pretty close, like 500 on bye weeks and stuff. So like the extra time isn't always beneficial. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I will say I do feel like Clemson probably just has that advantage um, with us probably going to have some players that uh, sit out, but I'm excited. It's obviously very cool, very exciting bowl sponsor. And, oh yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the good best to be bowl sponsor, the best bowl sponsor. Correct. And it's also like pretty awesome to have your program, you know, be up there and associate with Clemson, even though they're on a down year for their mm-hmm. standards lately, it's, you know, still kind of wild. Everyone would like also said, say it's been a down year for Iowa state too, though, yeah. at least as far as expectations go. Correct. So um yeah, yeah I, i'm really interesting i'm still excited right now i'll probably get less excited if we have people now play um and kind of temper my expectations a little bit but it'll still be you know still get to enjoy one last iowa state football game of, of 2021 so absolutely um and we will do score predictions next episode as we know a little bit more about who's playing and who's not is that fair yeah 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 all right. Okay. Well, moving on. Uh, first of all, I don't think this bowl game will ever compare to the 2018 hype. So if you're looking for a glorious game, like the TCU California game in 2018 for the cheese INT bowl, I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to load to the standards, but it's, I, I'm really thinking we, I, I don't know. Can't Campbell. I think he'll get him right enough to at least, you know, keep him competitive and, and keep our guys just, I don't know. I don't know. I Yeah, more to come. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. But moving on, um, Iowa State basketball is back. TJ Otzelberger, 8-0, has not lost a single game as Iowa State's head coach. I don't know. Do you want me to bury you in this a little bit more, or do you want to just say, yeah, I was, I was wrong? I mean, we've, we've been over this. They're, they're, they're stepping up to the plate. I love it. Um, Another game where, you know, great defensive effort, less than 60 points again. Um, their, Offense their, was pretty bad. Yeah, and we, I mean, we talked about it, like this. They're going to have to win it on the defensive end um, if you want to consistently win night in and night out, and they're doing that because when your offense does, you know, struggle a little bit, you got you to gotta make sure the other team's not scoring either. Um so, I mean, yeah, like it, it's been, I like, I'm obviously very fucking happy for it. I'm getting excited for this season um, much more than I, I was at the start of the year. And, you know, I'm just going to, at this time, like it, it literally just feels like I'm, I'm playing with house money. You know, it's like, hey, like this has already been in sort of like exceeded expectations and like the rank 17th, which is just wild. Every time I see that, I'm like confused. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's great to see. Um, I'm sorry that you didn't get to go to the game in person. That's, that's a tough I did look. not. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to uh, the, the dude who runs the Tom Manning burner. He, he took some tickets off my hand. So at least someone could enjoy it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into it. I don't know. I don't know. Long story short, I had emergency surgery on Wednesday and came out of it just refusing to admit that I was going to miss the Cyclone game on Saturday. Then Saturday morning happened and Saturday afternoon happened. And then, yeah, I was still super sore. So I, I didn't go. I had to sell them. It sucked. 
But, uh, I mean, it, yeah, hell of a defensive effort. Dude, I just want to say Tyrese Hunter, he is, he is just so damn good. He is so damn good. And what's most impressive to me is I thought he was going to kind of come in and be that guy who is more of a spark plug, who just kind of was, was Lindell Wigginton-esque with his energy, with his athleticism, what he would bring to the game. Not really. I mean, yes, in some way or another. But, man, he really controls the offense well. He runs the offense well. Doesn't turn the ball over a ton. And, I mean, he just has, like, a high basketball IQ, especially on the defensive end. My goodness, he just knows exactly when to jump these passes and and just, you know, find himself on continual breakaway dunks. It's just – it's great. So, I I just wanted to give a little tidbit out there for Tyrese Hunter – Dude is just a complete monster. You know, some people, I, I was saying, I think I, it would not surprise me if he's a one and done at the end of this year. People told me I was crazy. I don't know. I mean, four-star recruit coming out of high school, that's not the most uncommon thing in the world for them to be one and dones. And the way he's playing already, you know, it's, I, I really hope to be wrong. I want, you know, many years with these guys, but yeah, he, he's just looking to be so damn good. He could maybe have the, the Halliburton-esque uh, glow up where, He's definitely getting some good minutes in his first year and you can tell he's like contributing and ready for a larger role, but then maybe a full year of like being the guy could, I guess, help his stock a bit. I feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe I would get from him. Um, yeah. I would agree. But, what, how do you feel about Iowa, by the way, this upcoming matchup hate week, Cyhawk week. They finally had their first loss. Um, mm-hmm. Dude. I don't know, man. I, I, I we haven't beat I want a sport for like a while. So I, <laughs> I'm just so pessimistic about playing them. They played Purdue close, number one team in the nation recently. Um they still have to play another game before us. They play Illinois um tonight and then they play us. Um it's at Hilton, which is good, I think. Um <laughs> I feel in like- the weirdest way, like home home court advantage doesn't mean much to me personally when it comes to Cyhawk. I know, yeah. It, I feel like it's almost more of a distraction. <laughs> like I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> like it, I always felt the same way, even just when I played sports. But like when I was going on the road for games, I always felt way more focused on the game itself. But if it was like a big game at home, like whatever, you know, this is talking high school, you get a little bit more distracted because there's like the buzz of like the school and things that are going on. And, you know, like, it's just, I I feel like when you travel and you have that road mentality, you're, you're like on a business trip and you're there for business. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, um, I'm not going to predict anything like that because I'm going to just keep playing with house money here and be happy that uh, they are where they are. Um, but obviously mm-hmm. I would, I would really much love to, to see a victory. I know it's a hot take. Oh, you would, you yeah. would love to see a victory. I would, I oh, would wow. love to see a victory. Wow. How badly would you love to see a victory? Um, very badly. It's, it's, yeah. I really need like some Cyhawk ammo. Cause like, there's nothing I've been able to do for years on this <laughs> other than like, just make fun of their fan base for being like shitheads, which mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like every day, so like something came out today about Kirk Ferentz and like a quarterback who's transferring from them and Kirk baby, basically it was like, I guess just oh, like, no, whatever will they do leave having, <laughs> you know, one of their three terrible quarterbacks leave. 
but it was like it was like kirk was like talked talk bad about him like in front of like the whole team and they were just like oh like he was like i i can't like like his mike mom put up a facebook post today about it and it's just i don't know it's weird because like you even get it with their kids when they announce like that they're gonna transfer go somewhere that their their fan base like you know i'm not trying to like blow smoke up Iowa State's ass but like when uh, joseph skates said that he was transferred yeah. today just, i write through yeah. every single reply and everyone's like we were so glad to have you, Cyclone Nation. We cannot wait yeah. to root for you where you go next. But, dude, I've seen they some Iowa people well. yeah, who are, like, literally, like, why? Oh, this is bullshit that is transferring. Like, you're not trusting Kirk. And, like, what, like uh, it's and it's just, like, oh, like, guys, like, they're kids. Like, they're trying to figure shit out. Like, it's just wild, mm-hmm. like, if your first take is to, like, just not hope for the best for these kids because, like, that's a big decision and, like, leaving school and the comforts of, like, your friends in this program that you're in, like, that's not oh, yeah. something that you can just easily do. And so, yeah, a little side tangent there. But that's been, like, the only thing that we've been able to make fun of Iowa is, like, basically them just being shitheads and only caring about Iowa State and, like, trying to make everything about, like, Iowa State and, and them truly, like, talking about clones and stuff, which they do a shit ton. So, which we're we're doing hawk talk right now, but that's because of Cyhawks. Cyhawks coming up, so we, we can do hawk talk because we're mm-hmm. analyzing the hawks. And, because and I never day. bring up the hawks when it's Cyhawk week. I never bring up the hawks when it's Cyhawk week. When it's not Cyhawk week, excuse me. Never. Yeah, you never. Never. You nope. never do. You're the one who never always does it them. too. <laughs> it was like, yeah, Honestly, my high school friends are being shitheads. I was like so they're being iowa fans and you're like yeah yeah and and then (laughs) and i had to defend myself i'm like no okay well well one thing that i do think is confusing about this game is i'm not used to iowa being the better offensive team and iowa state being the better defensive team so i don't know what to make of that i'm probably just not going to make anything of it i'm just going to allow that be yeah i'm just going to let that be because I, I seriously can't wrap around like why we're so good defensively. I mean, our help, our help defense is so good. And, and us is really just teaching them how to, how do I just think like jump the passes, you know, just like find a way just to, you know, create turnovers, but it'll be a very interesting matchup. Unfortunately, I don't know enough about Iowa. I've only watched them play probably a couple times this year and they just look like the classic freaking. I don't know. They're just classic Iowa basketball to me, and they're boring. And I hate Jordan Bohannon, but whatever. And that's that's my Cyhawk talk. I, I don't know. The, 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 the worst expert analysis you can possibly give um, is basically just saying Iowa is good offensively and Iowa State is good defensively. And I don't know what to do with that because this is all new to me. I don't know what to make of it. So we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it at that. We're gonna move on. However. To stay on the Cyhawk topic, did you see all the shit go down with the wrestling match? Kind of. I wasn't really on Twitter too much last night, which I believe is when it transpired. Um, mm-hmm. So I was playing catch up this morning, um, but I did I did catch a little bit of it. But if you would like to give me um, maybe some more in-depth. Uh, Damn it. Well, I, I was hoping you'd be able to give me a little oh, bit on nice. it. So the best thing that we can possibly do is talk about things that we have no idea what we're talking about. So I'm going to do that right now. Okay. Oh, um, <laughs> so 
the way I understand it is I understand nothing about wrestling. I I've gone to some matches just because they are super fun to watch. But as far as like the scoring goes, I don't know. To me, it just looks like whoever's kicking the most ass should win. But apparently there's a lot of other metrics in regards to the scoring. Um, but the Iowa assistant wrestling coach brands, he uh, basically charged the Iowa State corner um, at the end of a wrestling match. From what I gather, and I'm, I'm truly trying to be unbiased, it looked like um, it, ju- it just looked like some feisty play between between both ends. And it looked like there might've been a cheap shot one way. And then a cheap shot was also received, you know, immediately after. And then from there, the assistant coach, again, coach brands, whatever the hell his name is, just charges the, uh, the corner for Iowa state. It was just so funny. It was just looking at all of the Iowa state wrestlers, just like, so just like hot and bothered. And everyone was just like freaking out about it. And then nothing, nothing happened. That was it. Like I was, I was sitting there watching this video for like two minutes. I'm like, Oh my gosh, someone's going to get decked. Something's going to happen. These guys are all jacked. They're super enormous, you know, super athletic. I can't wait for this fight to break out. And then, and then nothing. So I'm like, well, that was, it's kind of uneventful, but what was really funny about it though, was Kyvin Gadsden national champ out of Iowa state. The dude is a beast. Um, the guy who just likes ice cream. Everyone knows him. He was, um, the TV announcer for it. And I think, and there is some Iowa wrestler again, I should know his name, but I don't know wrestling. So I don't, he like came over there was essentially like talking shit to him while he was, while he had the mic on him. And so Kyvin just turns to him. He's like, Hey buddy, do you just want the mic? And I don't know. The entire situation was just hilarious. I really wish I knew more about wrestling to appreciate the entire, you know, ordeal for what it was. But for me, it just looked like everyone was getting a little pissed off and good old Cyhawk banter to start the week. Happy, happy Cyhawk week to everyone. Wouldn't it be Cyhawk without fan bases bitching at each other? Mm-hmm. Don't you dare walk through our band. Um, also, moving on to Twitter moments of the week. We love you, Marcus Freeman. Thank you so much for being the right <laughs> hire for Notre Dame. Not only... Not only do we get to keep Campbell, but honestly, the dude seems great. Like, did you see the video of all of his players embracing him after he was announced as the head coach? And he, did, he didn't even give a speech. He just walked in the room and immediately embraced with all of them, giving them hugs, high fives, and jumping up and down at them. Like, aside from the whole we're off the hook with Matt Campbell, that was a really cool moment. And you got to give Notre Dame some props for that, especially going through the whole ordeal with, with how Brian Kelly left and everything. Yes. Um, I think my favorite part was the last time we recorded, we were talking about jobs that worried us the most. And oh, yeah. we said that Notre Dame was one of those. And then literally that night, Brian Kelly decided to leave Notre Dame. And we were like, oh, so just the we, world's worst timing. Yeah. So we have um, we've now weathered the storm for the Ohio State job and Notre Dame, which I think are the two that worried me the most and still do, but at least it sh- we should be bought a couple of years, you know, I guess. That's a good way of putting it. We, we so, bought ourselves a couple of years. It feels. Yes. So um, still waiting on that extension though. I, there's a bunch of like rumors going around. I, I mean, Matt just got one last year. <laughs> so like, <laughs> I don't know how much more we can In the year before that extending him besides like just paying him more. And that's the extension is like, and like I said, I'll give Matt all of my money. I don't, that's fine. He just needs to stay here. But mm-hmm. um, 
and it's not a lot. If of Jamie money. So, Pollard so Jamie does Pollard not have the money to make him, out. yeah, yeah. If if Pollard does not have the money to suffice with Matt Campbell, all you need to do is just you know send out a, a press release saying, "Hey, start a GoFundMe. We need Campbell to stay here." And I guarantee you're raising $5 million within 24 hours. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the, the campus renovations and all that kind of shit. Like we, we got some donors who should be able to, to, you know, pull out oh, yeah. the, the checkbooks. So not me though. Don't, not don't call me, me again. Iowa me State. I, got, I got two yes. calls last week from you guys, both at 9 PM when I was watching a movie I, I love you guys, but stop calling me asking for money at 9 p.m. Please, please stop. Yeah, Mario, you getting the you getting the nice student loan uh, emails of having oh, yeah. those payments again. Those are always very fun to see. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, pay Matt Campbell as pay much Matt as he wants. Make the statue already. Name the stadium after him. Not the stadium. Let's name the field after him. Right. That works. There you go. I was about to. It's, it's Mid American Field. That's Stadium. Yeah, it's we gross. could call it Matt Campbell's Field at Jack Tri Stadium. I think that we'd be okay with better. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, also to talk about Twitter moments, um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, his head coach, called a timeout <laughs> in the middle of the Iowa State game just to make his players run sprints. I mean, you can't help but laugh at it. I mean, it's super funny. It's just you gotta feel bad for the players, man. I mean, as like, oh man, I, I hate to you're, be the Debbie Downer in the situation. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get and you're not expected to win. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, I would say it was a top 25 matchup undefeated. Let me just say that one more time. And, and so like Arkansas Pine Bluff was never expected to be even competitive in a way. I think they lost by less than 20 and be happy about that. That alone is an accomplishment, but just to call a timeout to make your kids run, it embarrasses them dude, you're going to lose the locker room. Like, I know you're trying to be a hardo by doing that, but at the end of the day, the only thing you're doing is just humiliating all of the, your players that committed to your program in an opposing fan base's coliseum. Like, if you're doing that at home, maybe. I don't know. I still, I still can't get by it, but like, maybe. But you're just doing that to essentially embarrass them in front of a crowd that you have no you know, you should have no stake in the game to please. Who cares if Iowa State fans, you know, are applauding Arkansas Pine Bluffs head coach for what he did there. He shouldn't care about that. That shouldn't be even the slightest consolation to him. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of got a little hot and bothered by it because I'm like, if my coach did that to me, especially in a game with, you know, basketball that requires such skill, you know, such, you know, hand-eye coordination, confidence is big in hand-eye coordinated sports. And if you're going to just, if you, the head coach, is going to ruin your team's confidence, then don't expect them to create any sort of comeback. Don't expect them to play for you. And I wasn't there, but apparently someone who was there said, like, during the timeouts, the rest of the game, the rest of, the, like, you know, TV timeouts, he would just sit outside of the huddle, and he wouldn't even address his team. He would just let the assistant coach do stuff. And I don't know. I feel so bad for those guys. They did not deserve that at all. Yeah, that's definitely a tough vibe. I – um it's one thing to be like getting your ass kicked because that's like embarrassing, but like yeah. then to get that thrown on top of you, I just I want to be too happy about that one. Um, nope. And like you know, especially with the transfer portal, going into the year to or going into the game, so it's it's yeah, I guess. But I don't know. 
not my team, not my school. Don't have to worry about it, I guess. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> kind of funny. A lot of, some people loved it. Some people were kind of feeling how I did about it. And I mean, I'd be lying if I said I, I don't stand somewhere in the middle. Like, it's hilarious. In the weirdest way, I'm glad it happened because we're talking about it right now. And it's fun to talk about. So, it's true. shout out Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, and then before we close, we should talk very briefly just about Tariq Milton and Joe Skates. I don't have a ton to say. Not too terribly surprising. I was honestly more surprised with Tariq than uh, Joe. But Joe coming out of high school, super, super fast player. Um, just talent that that just comes naturally. Uh, Four-star recruit. I don't know if I said that. But, you know, those guys, when they, they know they have their talent, when they've been sought after by other colleges, it's really hard to not go back to those colleges if it's not working out for you in the first one. So uh, I, I, I was really excited for him to, you know, kind of show more of his stuff next year. But the reality of his situation is he never really got out of the doghouse from the get-go uh, when he came in as a freshman and had the early suspension. Uh, now, it looks like he absolutely learned from it just from my small conversations I've had with him and also just kind of see how he's carried himself. He has come a long way. Um, so it was a little sad to see him go. Um, I was definitely more surprised by Tariq though. Like I, I, it felt like to me, he had a solidified role in the offense that was only going to get better for next year. Um, so that one surprised me, but either way, best of luck to both you guys hate to see you go, but man, I'm really excited for what the future might hold for you. Yeah. I'm I don't think I'm terribly surprised by like either of them, you know, Campbell's bringing in one of his best recruiting class, like his best recruiting class this upcoming year. And that's, and also kind of where the state of the program is going to be next year. I can totally see why Milton's like using his COVID year and, and gonna go somewhere that, you know, hopefully he can maybe get a little bit of a fresh start and hit the ground running with a program that might, you know, be looking for, uh, senior help or, or older, you know, influence. Whereas next year, you know, it's going to probably be a lot of, you know, growing pains, getting guys experience from these recruiting classes. And, um, you know, especially at wide receivers, <laughs> I mean, we are losing a lot of pass catchers <laughs> um, this year. Yeah. So it's, it's Who definitely do we have? like just to rattle them off. Cause we're, lo- I, we're is, losing Chase. Is Noel like the, yeah, no, Jalen Noel is like the only one. Hey, it's it's Christmas time. It's Noel now for okay. For give me Noel. <laughs> um, no, I mean, let me. I'm gonna look it up. But like, I mean, we are literally losing so much of our offense that I just, um, you know, do we have Shaw? I, I think Shaw might be returning have for a year. Shaw, yeah, but he's gonna have to step up big time, man. I mean, great opportunity for him. But yeah, so I, and I think that's kind of what has become the biggest thing with, um, you know, probably Milton leaving is just like the timelines not matching up, new quarterback, all this kind of stuff. Where it's just like it's probably not going to be beneficial for him to stick around while he we probably could get some playing time and stuff. It's probably just not the situation that he wants, and probably not that Campbell really wants either. Campbell probably wants to get some young guys some experience. I mean, that's been one thing that yeah, you know, it's been beautiful, Brock played since his freshman year. Kolar's playing since his freshman year. Chase Allen's been playing since his freshman year. Like these guys have a ton of football experience. So, um, and it led to a lot of experience going into your senior year that ultimately led to a disappointing season, but yes, you're right. I do want to get the younger guys started. Um, man, 
I'm not gonna lie, kind of sucks. Like that, I was really excited for skates and Tariq. I, I honestly didn't even know if Tariq was gonna be here next year. I'm kind of surprised that he is just using it, but good for him. Good for him. And one last thing, did you know that Jim R that Jim Harbaugh actually interviewed for the Iowa State job in 2006 when he was a coach for San Diego of the Pioneer League? And Iowa State also looked at Brian Kelly and a couple others, but hired Gene Chiswick. So Brent Blum, thank you for that little fun fact. Another great reminder that Gene Chiswick um, happened. He did happen. <laughs> he did happen. And that man actually won a championship too, which is just wild. But How many years removed from Iowa State was that? That wasn't even two. like – It was like two seasons. It was two? <laughs> yeah. That was so shitty. And then he was fired oh like gosh. two years after the championship. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Which, like you we said, that's Cam the beauty Newton. of the SEC, man. Exactly. I mean, that actually is literally only that's one thing that I think, you know, Campbell definitely knows. Like he he knows that he I I saw someone tweet about it. I apologize. I don't have your tag here. But uh, like they said, oh, I I can roll out of bed every single morning and make millions of dollars or I can make probably double that, but only have a two year lifespan. And yep, that's that's pretty much it. And everyone will be coming to your house with pitchforks if you go less than 500 only once. I don't know. Brian Kelly also developed a Southern accent when he first addressed LSU Nation. <laughs> Did you Which see the, so good? Um, Matt Lafleur, uh, Robert Sala, um, like story that came out with Brian Kelly, and then I don't think so. What yeah, um, just a second. I want to get it exactly. It was when Kelly, I believe, was at like. Um, let me see. Liam, cut this out. No, you're good. Um, but I believe it was when he was at uh, Central Michigan. Okay, that's what I was looking up. So basically, um, Robert Sala and Matt LaFleur were both uh, grad assistants at Central Michigan at the same time, which that's kind of wild. Uh, They're both now NFL head coaches. And um, Kelly was head coach at the time. And he told them that he was having a holiday party and um, invited uh, Sala and Lafleur, and then oh, is this during twenty twenty? No, this was like two thousand four. All right, you're off the hook. <laughs> and they, as grad assistants, instead of being able to attend the party, had to shovel snow and be a valet for the guests, and he didn't tell them that. So. <laughs> Wow. Shows, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> grad assistants already like you don't make fucking any money as a grad assistant. Like you don't make any money mm-hmm. in coaching until like you get somewhere. So to just like kind of do that shit is just it's like just so scummy because it's like, bro, you're the head coach. Like these guys are grad assistants. They're like literally probably eating like ramen for every fucking meal because they get paid less than minimum wage and work like 80 hours a week. And then on a weekend you say that they can come to a party and then they come to a party and they're shoveling fucking snow. I would literally like, I would be hitting him with that fucking shovel. Like ridiculous. (laughs) Just imagine like, that sounds like something out of a movie. Like the nerds in school finally get invited to the cool kids party. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're going to go to this party and we're finally going to lose our virginity and we're going to drink alcohol, you know, just that stuff. And then boom, they go there 
And then um, they're just told to be basically taking everyone's coats and putting them in the coat room, you know, <laughs> like just so funny. I feel so bad from that sucks. Okay. So quick, like 10 second story. I went to a Notre Dame football camp um, and, and it wasn't anything too crazy. Uh, gosh, Ralph is ringing the bell. Give me one second. Liam, cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. All right. I'm going to go back to it. Okay, Liam, cut it in now. So quick little Brian Ferentz story, Brian Ferentz, Brian Kelly story. Um, so I went to Notre Dame football camp, I think uh, going into like maybe my senior year of high school. And there was a lot of people there. Um, however, you know, one thing that you're going there for is, is, is Notre Dame, is Brian Kelly, you know, this huge program. And you're kind of just looking to get just a higher level of coaching. Uh, it wasn't a recruiting trip. It was simply just camp, right? So the entire time, it was like a three or four day camp. The entire time, we don't even see Brian. We don't even hear anyone even mention his name <laughs> until the very last day of camp. Um, one of the assistant coaches was addressing the entire camp. He's like, boy, do I have a treat for you guys. We're going to we're gonna go in here. We're going to give you guys a tour of the football facilities and all this stuff. And at the very end, you guys are going to have a chance to talk with Brian Kelly. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. He's going to talk with everyone, just bring some wisdom on us, whatever. So we're getting the tour. Very nice facility. Holy shit. Notre Dame has got a lot of money. Um, and then, when, then like we approached the end of the tour and there was just this huge line, just this huge line. I'm like, what's this for? Like, oh, it's going to go take a picture with Brian Kelly. I'm like, what? Oh, so he's not even talking to us. We're waiting in line to get a picture with him. So after you wait in line for 30, it felt like an hour, but it was realistically probably 30 minutes. You get up to Brian and I just say, Hey, I'm Mason. And he just looks at me and says, hi. And then turns, <laughs> takes a picture right in front of his national championship trophy and then just pats you along. And that was all you get. You just got a high from him. You didn't get anything else. And I like visited with like my four friends that also came out. I'm like, did he say more than two words to you? They're like, he literally said hello. And that was it. And just turn, take a picture and then go. And I'm like, so I just stood here at this camp for four days, expecting to get like a higher level of coaching not necessarily from Brian Kelly, but at the very least to have him address us, like Paul Rhodes would be with us all camp and would talk to us at the start and at the end of each day. And that's all we get from Brian Kelly. So I don't like him that much. I honestly like the Notre Dame program a lot. I was never a big fan of Brian Kelly. And um, yeah, that just kind of was very reminiscent of my one moment I had with him. I'm like, yeah, he, he spent two minutes saying goodbye to his team. Sucks that it got out on social media before. And I'm sure that wasn't, you know, purposeful, but like he, he did a terrible job leaving. And then he goes to LSU and he starts talking like this to the great, great, uh, great, great college of Louisiana, you know, whatever the hell they are. And it was just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's a hell of a head coach, but yeah, not, not a fan of him as a guy. I mean, he also, that's my soapbox kid died too. So, um, well, that too. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was trying to just keep it at, um, you know, my personal experience with them, but that, right. that also, that also was an issue. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, we are officially an anti Brian Kelly podcast, very pro Marcus Freeman. Um, and anything else that we need to address before we close out? 
I got nothing. I got nothing. This one ran a lot longer than I thought it was going to. So it went a lot longer than I thought it was going. Thank you guys. If you made it this far, uh, please head on over to BNC Fieldhouse for the Iowa State game on Thursday against Iowa. We need you guys in Hilton. But if you guys are not going to be able to make it to the game, please head on over to BNC Fieldhouse. Got the best drink deals on Welch Avenue, as well as the best place to watch the big game. And as always, roll clones. Roll clones, baby.